Greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the Gateway City to our country's current cultural fabric and live. There's a lot of good things happening in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Matter of fact, one of them is sitting right here across from me, and she's unbelievable, folks. I'm talking to Letitia Wexton, mm-hmm. the founder and CEO of Visible, V15ABLE.com. And Letitia, thanks for coming on St. Louis in Tune. Thank you. I know our, our name is different, but there's a reason behind that. There's a re- and explain the reason, Letitia. So Visible is an online employment platform for people with disabilities to connect with businesses. So if you think LinkedIn, but specifically to cater towards the disabled community. And the reason why it's spelt with a one and a five is because we represent the 15% of the global population of people with disabilities to make them more visible uh, because they are able people that want to work. I like that. 15% visible and able. Mm -hmm. So again, it is visible. And the website is v15able.com, correct? Yes. And we're going to talk about that. 60% of all disabled people in the United States are of working age are unemployed. Yet there are 7 million job openings that go unfilled. That's incredible. So why did you found? I was born without arms. I learned how to do everything with my feet. My parents were very supportive of me being independent. In fact, they even told me, you can't work at McDonald's, you can't dig ditches, you need your education, and you need to find something you love to do. So that's what I did. And despite all of my efforts and great grades in school, I had difficulty finding work. In the interview process, I could definitely see that an an interviewer or a hiring manager could see that I didn't have arms. My disability is very visible to them. And they were wondering, how is she going to do this job? How much is it going to cost me? But they didn't want to ask any of those questions. And me being a, a young kid didn't answer any of those questions or address them. So I found that I would get passed up a lot for all of these jobs that I was interviewing for that I was qualified to do. Mm-hmm. And I started a YouTube channel called Tisha Unarmed to break down some of those barriers. And within two months, I had six job offers. Several years later, I decided, how can I make this more sustainable for other people with disabilities? How can I expand this idea of showing what I'm capable of through my YouTube channel for other people who have similar disabilities or similar challenges in the workforce? So I... I decided that I was going to design an app to help people with disabilities get jobs. And uh, that's how it all started. But that was in 2019, and it's been going ever since then. Wow. And when I think back, because you have an associate in graphic communication from St. Louis Community College and a Bachelor of Fine Arts in graphic design from University of Missouri-St. Louis, you have that's a lot of work to get to that point. But I want to go back to when you were in either elementary or middle school or high school, because prior to us having the interview, we were talking off air about some of those challenges. And Public Law 94-142, which is the law that says you need to take care of students who have special needs for not only their academic but other kinds of uh, needs, whether they might be physical at the time. And then there's also the um, Americans with Disabilities Act, which comes into play very often with employers. 
I, I asked Letitia a question about what that high school experience was like, but take us back to elementary and middle school and high school, because I want people to understand that there are individuals like you out in schools, and how are they being respected, treated? Are they getting the, the, their needs met academically and, and physically to be able to excel and to be a productive member of society? I will say that accessibility has become a bigger issue now than it was back when I was in school. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more advocacy for people with disabilities, and there's a lot more problem solvers wanting to help kids become more independent in the classroom and in the workforce. But for my experience, I did come up with a lot of challenges and just like writing on the board to answer a math problem because I wasn't able to hold on to a piece of chalk, I was passed up to answer these questions. Didn't mean that I was any less smart than any of the other kids. It just means that I had a challenge where writing on the chalkboard was a difficult a difficult challenge for me. And it, was, it wasn't until later on where they switched to uh, whiteboards where I was able to actually hold a marker mm-hmm. and participate that way. But some of these challenges are real simple uh, chalk holder would have done just as well as to hold right. a piece of chalk and hold it in my chin and shoulder. Right. Now, how did your classmates respond to you? Uh, <laughs> it's a difficult question to, ask, to answer, actually. I didn't have a lot of friends at, at first. I made a couple of friends. Mm-hmm. No one was really mean to me. No one picked mm-hmm. on me or anything mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like I was really integrated properly. I did go to class and Mm -hmm. I was very uh, independent and I did things for myself, but I don't know how to answer that. Did, were you involved in activities like when they would have things after school or were you asked to participate in things or how were, when there were dances or things like that, or you have choir and you have band and you have those kinds of, all those things, like maybe, let's see, what else they have there, DECA, things like that. I was president of my DECA class in Good high school. Good for you. <laughs> good for, now I know why you have formed this organization. You had a lot of good training to do that. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I wouldn't have thought about it at the time. But yeah, I didn't participate in a lot of after-school activities, not because I was incapable of it, but because I have four brothers and sisters that I looked after school, so I would immediately go home and look after them. That was just the family thing that that I dealt with and as far as like dances and stuff I was I went to dances I went to prom mm-hmm. I participated in as much as I possibly could and uh, you know I had a great time in school there are, there were some challenges but we went through them driving for example I took driver's ed class and as one of the requirements you had to drive for 20 hours the schools driving the car wasn't accessible for me, so they hired a, a special driving instructor that had all the adaptations in it. And, That's good. Uh, out in Carbondale, so they paid for all the expenses to go out in Carbondale, and that's how I did my 20 hours and got my driver's test and was passed the first time. That's great. That's great. <laughs> now, you came to a point in your life when you said, I have to do that, whether it be you have to be self-sustaining and taking care of yourself, and then also a point where I have to do this with Visible. And I know you mentioned that you know you had been turned down on some jobs, and then you did the Tisha Unarmed, 
but was are there two like tipping points in your life where you know you're like I have to do this or your parents drove you they didn't didn't want to be what I would call enabling to you mm. they wanted you to become independent on your own was there a point there and was there a point where he's like man other people are going to suffer if I don't do this absolutely um so I really felt like everything in my life has been super related to each other and everything has just flown into productivity and positivity. So when I decided I was going to go back, I was going to go to school, my mom says, have you looked into graphic design? And I was like, yeah, let's check that out. Excelled in graphic design, which led me to go to Merrimack. And that's where I had trouble finding a job with my associate's degree. So then I went, I started my YouTube channel. That led me to going to UMSL mm -hmm. to get my bachelor's degree. And it was at UMSL where I started the idea of Visible. I won a, a grant through their business accelerator. And through the, their mentors at UMSL, I was able to build a, a business plan for Visible, submit it to Arch Grants won an arch grant cool. <laughs> yeah and it was through arch grants and their networks that i met my team at sigla and they've helped build and develop the app and i just felt like every step led to another step that got me to where i wanted and needed to be in life and the positivity that i got from not only the youtube channel but starting visible the st louis community has been so uplifting, positive, supportive of Visible. I, everyone wants to help. <laughs> great. Uh, That's great. Yeah. It's, it's been a great and amazing journey from start to finish. And I'm not finished yet, but I, I can't wait to see where the future holds. What needs to be finished with Visible? So right now it's a website. People with disabilities can create their profiles and they have to share their profile with employers. Now so on the profile, go into the, exactly what are they putting on the profile? What does it look like? The Visible profile is a place where you can either disclose that you have a disability or omit that information. But we really encourage people to to share what they're capable of. You can upload videos of your skills. You can upload um, information about your disability if you choose to, but it's really about what accommodations you would need, any equipment that you would need in order to work, and it's all built in right into the platform. So I like to use me as an example because it's the easiest. Mm -hmm. As a graphic designer, I use a Mac. I use a normal keyboard, a normal mouse, mm -hmm. but my only adaptation that I need is a taller chair so I could reach the desk. Mm -hmm. That chair is $300, you can buy it off Amazon right from the website. So you put that link into your profile. It says, here's a link to that chair. Now all of a sudden an employer knows who I am, what my capabilities are, what my education level is, mm -hmm. and they can purchase the equipment that I need right off of my profile. So uh, we tr really want to break down any communication barriers that would prohibit or even have uh, an employer would have any questions about right. someone's disability or their capabilities and just streamline the whole process. That makes a lot of sense. Now, we're going to take a, a brief break in a moment here, and I want you to talk about the employer side mm. because that is as critical because you have employers that can actually go on also and say, hey, I, I would like to be a part of the program and receive resumes, I'm going to call it that, or information, and what they uh, would fill out. I want profiles. I want to receive profiles from individuals. So we'll talk about that. And 
a couple other questions that I've got a whole list of questions here that what would you tell a prospective employer and a prospective employee in going through these processes and how would you how would you help them help other people so we'll get into that okay I'm queuing you up right now for that awesome so we're going to come back right after the next uh after the break for our next segment, you're listening to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston on the U.S. Radio Network. Each time that we plan a show for St. Louis in Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. And while St. Louis in Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect what's going on nationally as well. Our topics cover a wide range of arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, sports, and that's just to name a few. We know there's many radio stations, programs, even podcasts that you could be listening to, and we're glad that you've chosen to listen to St. Louis In Tune. If you've missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There, you'll find every show from our first to our most current. Use the search engine to look for a show that might interest you from one of the many topics that we've covered. And drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. You can do that at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis in Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. And don't forget, check out our website, stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We're talking to Letitia Wexton. She's founder and CEO of Visible. That's V15ABLE.com. Visible. Explain to folks again about the 15 and the visible and able. Explain that again for people who may be just tuning in. Yeah, so Visible is an online employment platform for people with disabilities. And the 15 represents the 15% in the global population of people with disabilities. And we want to represent them to make them more visible beyond their resume. And I love what you have on the mission. Visible is about the first impression, putting your best self forward and proving what is possible, empowering people with disabilities to showcase their talents to those who want to hire them. And the goal is to encourage equality in business, achieving a more inclusive workplace. And before the break, I gave you a prompt for a couple questions I was going to ask about prospective employees and employers. And I want to talk more about the employers first right now. Speak to employers out there who may be like, I had an opportunity. It might cost me money, like you said, and you've been in the position of being turned down. But there are plenty of able individuals with disabilities that can perform the jobs. So how would you talk to an employer or if you were speaking to a group of employers out there as you are right now, what would you tell them? I would tell them that the people who are applying for these jobs who have disabilities are capable of achieving them. They're very capable, smart people who want to work and they have a lot of value in the workplace, such as culture and inclusivity. But I would say to them to keep your mind open and just 
learn to be educated, really. And that's what really what Visible is about, is educating employers on an employer, uh, the candidate's needs and accommodations. And just by learning more about the, that person and what their needs are, you have a better chance of understanding who that person is and their disability so that you can make a better decision to hire them and, and what their needs are. And speak to the potential employee who may be like, I don't want to disclose my quote-unquote disability, and I know you have a, a, a blog post that I have it right here, to disclose or not to disclose. Mm-hmm. And how is that... What influence does that play in people's minds to really let an employer know that, hey, this is what I have going on? So some people have invisible disabilities mm-hmm. and they don't feel comfortable you know, expressing their laundry out on the table in front of an interview. And for them, I would say to not disclose that you have a disability. It's also okay to disclose that you have a disability, especially if it's more visible, I would say. And to them... I would, I, I came up with a, I actually talked to an employer and he told me that the employees that disclosed that they had a disability, he was able to think through some of their challenges and work with them. And those who didn't, he didn't understand why they had challenges. Interesting. And so it the, that person ended up getting fired or losing their job. I don't know how let go possibly Mm -hmm. because it it became an issue because he didn't understand what was going on. So it's really up to the candidate to to decide what they're comfortable with. I've always been a very open person in my life, inside and out, being on the internet and YouTube. So I know that a lot of my friends and I are very open about our disabilities and just take life to the fullest. When we were talking before the show started today, folks. I mentioned that I had met a colleague of mine years back, and she was a quadriplegic, and I had never met her before. And she introduced herself, and she said, "I'm." you can see what my disability is. And she said, what's yours? Which made me think, <laughs> wow, we don't think of that per se. And you talked about invisible disabilities, too. Some are more visible than others. And it just made me stop that everybody has something that might be a barrier or a hurdle that they have to accomplish or get over. And some are, we see those hurdles and some we don't see those hurdles. So it's something that I think what you're doing with the website, with Visible, is just incredible, Letitia. And I want to get to something that you you cued on about your, what I'm going to call it, your YouTube career. (laughs) And folks, if you're not familiar with Tisha Unarmed, You need to look at uh, her YouTube channel because (laughs) it's exciting, it's upbeat, and I found one that was, you were going through a tough time in your life, Mm -hmm. and would you mind talking about that a little bit? Oh yeah, sure. So I was going through a tough time when I was experiencing a lot of pain due to my hip dysplasia. I've, like I said, was born without arms, learned how to do everything with my feet, And all of a sudden, I lost the ability to use my feet to do the things that I was doing before. Like all those challenges that I've had to deal with as a kid, I had to start over. Was that because you were overusing your hip area? or Absolutely. So I I overused it. The cartilage ran out. I needed a hip replacement. They told me when I was 18 that I was going to need a hip replacement. I didn't actually get one until I was 32, I believe. And after the hip replacement, went through rehab, but I did not gain my mobility back. And so where I was able to twist my leg up 
to wash my face and comb my hair and eat and do all these amazing things. I can't do those anymore. So I had to relearn how to do absolutely everything in a short amount of time. And while I'm here today, my hair is not disheveled and my face you is clean. You look great. <laughs> and you're wearing makeup? Yeah. I This past week, I learned how to put makeup on without using my feet with a couple of equipment that I bought off of the dollar store. Like, it was... You go, girl. That's great. <laughs> it's crazy to think that I was able to do that, but like mascara, lipstick, like I, I can do it now. And those are are little things I you mentioned in that video that you didn't feel disabled, but if you were going to have that surgery and it was going to make you feel better, you would almost feel disabled because you couldn't do the things that you were used to doing. Absolutely. Which is a that made me stop and just <laughs> I'm, I I ran that around in my head for a while because I thought about people who they think life is hard. And when you meet an individual like Letitia, who has overcome many challenges and then views, wow, now I'm going to get a hip replacement. Some people go, yeah, that'd be great. But you were like, no. And it was beneficial for your pain, but it wouldn't have been beneficial. It wasn't beneficial for how you functioned. I wouldn't change it. Looking back on it now. Looking back on it now, I was in so much pain, I couldn't even walk to my car without bursting out into tears because it hurt so much. It was, I mean, I think my breaking point was graduation. I was graduating from UMSL and we were all dressed up in our gowns and we had to walk down, I think, two flights of stairs and then around the gym. And then it was a very small class, been that painful. But by the time we had gone through the line and gotten our diplomas, I was done. I could not even walk to the car like I had to sit and wait for about 30 minutes before I could even get up and stand again wow. and that's when I knew I was like if I don't get this done now yeah I, it's, it's only gonna get worse are you still doing fundraising we are doing fundraising we're looking for investors the donation button's not there anymore and I, although I am still selling my art that is also not on the website anymore but beta test users we're still using we're still doing and we've actually grown a lot since that video, so I'll probably have to update it and make sure that all that information is up to date. But yeah, we've actually doubled our user base this past month. Wow. Is there anything like this in other cities or states that you've found? There are other employment platforms that allow a candidate to basically check the box to say, I have a disability, I'm looking for work, and then you can apply for jobs onto mm-hmm. those sites. The reason why we're different Mm -hmm. and our differentiators is that uh, we go a little bit beyond that. We let you explain a little bit more about yourself, your disability, your accommodations. And it's not just a a diversity and inclusion checkbox anymore. It's I'm a valuable, qualified candidate who wants to work and you need me. (laughs) And I I loved your explanation that it's LinkedIn for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Have you talked to the LinkedIn folks at all? I have not. Do you think that they would be amiable to something like this? Absolutely. Either LinkedIn or Google, Facebook. The sky's the limit, honestly. The more that that we create those diverse and inclusion spaces Mm -hmm. for people with disabilities, and I, I see the movement now. Like, there's a huge movement going on right now that just is, it's amazing to see. This is going to be a a very useful app, website that anyone can take advantage of or use. You use specifically. Yeah. So I'm seeing, like we said, that there's a gap in the employment industry and there's 
when I did my research, there's not enough able-bodied people to fill those positions. Like even if every able-bodied person were working, there's still at least a 1,000 or 1 million job opening gap that needs to be filled. And there's people out there that are sitting at home who want to work, who have been applying for jobs. Dave, for example, he told me that he applied for and went to 10 interviews in one day. Wow. And had difficulties finding a job. And he has a disability. He does. Mm. He does. So um, sitting down with him and being able to have those conversations about how to talk about your disability and how to make it more positive. When I continue to work with him, I think it'll change the way he presents himself. Okay. Letitia Wexton, she is the founder and CEO of Visible, V15ABLE.com, V15ABLE.com. And before the break, we were talking about an individual who she was coaching along the way. And I ask, I'm going to ask this question, what are some other success stories of how you've uh, helped some individuals overcome maybe the angst of uh, making that connection with an employer or from an employer's side to make that connection with the prospective employee? Absolutely. He lives here in St. Louis. Everybody knows Jeff. He used to work at Ronnie's, the ticket taker. And after the pandemic, he was let go. And he came to me and he said, I really enjoy working. I don't really want to sit at home and do nothing for the rest of my life. I want to be out in the community. And I was like, all right, Jeff, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to work at Walmart. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do there? And he's like, well, let's look through some applications. And he applied for the job where he um, deals with the, the toys, the toy section. He puts toys away. And I helped him with his application process. We talked about what accessibility issues he might have and addressed all of those in, in his hiring and interview process. And he's been working there for, I think, two years now. Wow. And he calls me up every once in a while. He goes, it's been two years. It's been two and a half months. Like... <laughs> He's like, I'm so grateful that, that you were able to help me with that. It's my pleasure. Emma is uh, another one of my success stories that I love talking about because she's so talented. She's so successful. She's got a master's degree in psychology. She's a writer and a photographer. And I asked her, I was like, what's the problem? And she says, well, I, I speak differently. She speaks like a, a deaf person would mm-hmm. almost, which can be a little difficult to understand her if she's speaking really fast or if she's excited. And I just slow down. I can't understand you. But when she does, I have no problem understanding anything that she says. And she had a lot of confidence issues. She says, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find work. I don't know who's going to hire me. And I said, girl, you got this. Right. Like you have no problems. You've got like a slew of skills and and your education is amazing. There's no reason why anyone would want to hire you. And she told me that the confidence that I gave her just in those short conversations that we had gave her the confidence to apply for a job that she really wanted. And she got two job offers. Wow. And she's like, I got to choose which one to take. (laughs) (laughs) Can you help me with that? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But she, she was so excited to, to work with me and her confidence, like the, the change yeah. from our first conversation to the last one that we had just a couple of weeks ago is amazing because she speaks more confidently now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. her shoulders are up and back. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love seeing that change in her and it, and I'm happy for her in every aspect of whatever she decides to do. Did you ever imagine you would be doing this and helping people like that and seeing changes in their lives because of everything that you've been through? I knew from second grade that 
my life was meant to help other people. And I didn't know what that looked like or what that meant, what it, it could be a motivational speaker or change lives through graphic design. But this is where I was meant to be, helping other people with disabilities, you know, find work, giving them confidence and, and helping them through their challenges. Because it is challenging having a disability and feeling maybe neglected or passed up. That's disheartening. But to want to work? is an amazing thing. And if I can help anyone in achieving their goals, I'm absolutely going to do it. That, that was a great closing statement, but I want to have you make one to three groups out there. Individuals who have disabilities, employers who should consider individuals with disabilities, and the general population who sometimes looks beyond people with disabilities and looks through them. So what I would say to people with disabilities is you got you are talented, you are successful, you've got the skills, and when you put yourself out there, you will get those job offers. I promise. I almost guarantee it. To employers, I would say that when you come across a candidate who has a disability, think outside the box. How can you help this person succeed in the workplace? Because if you can help that person succeed in what they're trying to do, your company succeeds. And to the general public, I would say looking past a disability and seeing the person is the most important thing that you can do for anyone. Absolutely just treating people with respect and courtesy. And if a person who's working in the industry might be maybe a little bit slow, have patience have empathy and see that person for who they really are because when we have a society that is more inclusive and diverse, we've changed the world. Wow. Letitia Wexton, she's founder and CEO of Visible, V15ABLE.com. Thank you for coming on St. Louis in Tune. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. We are glad you listened to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. Please share this podcast or tell a friend. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Strickland.